0: business.com business inspiration for architects engineers and contractors hello i'm philip wiley and my guest is construction business consultant hank harris who is the president and ceo of fmi corporation hank please please tell us about your career background leading up to your current position with fmi corporation
1: well thank you philip uh, I'm glad to be with you and uh I appreciate the opportunity to, to fill you in on that. It's my, my background is pretty simple. I've been with FMI for 26 years. I've been CEO for about 10 of those years. So this has been a lot of my career. And before I was with FMI, uh, I spent uh, probably six or six or seven years actually in in the construction industry, uh, real estate related activity. I did some construction project management, some real estate brokerage and development um, in my younger years. And so I had some practical background in the industry. And then I had gone back to graduate school and fell in love with management consulting. And when I got out of graduate school, somehow found this firm that specialized in the industry that I happened to have some background in. And it was a natural marriage. And I've been doing this ever since.
0: That's great. And could you tell us a little bit about, about the services provided by FMI Corporation that support, con- specifically that support construction industries?
1: I'd be glad to. We, we're we organized into to five business units. Four of those businesses are some form of consulting business, management consulting, and those businesses do um, – Mostly market-driven strategy, and we do a lot of market research and help companies use that research to develop their strategic plans and their strategic directions as as organizations. Uh, We also have a process project uh, improvement uh, group. We have a compensation group that does exclusively compensation data and consulting. Uh, We have a risk management consulting business that's, that's focused mostly on insurable risk. Uh, we also have a leadership and talent development uh, capacity and group, and all of those are really on the consulting side of the business. The, the other side of our business, which will represent, you know, typically about a third of our revenue uh, in a given year, is is the investment banking business, and the majority of what that business does is merger acquisition, uh, facilitating those transactions between companies.
0: Right. Is is the um the investment banking side of your business still quite busy? Um, today's date.
1: It is quite busy. Um, I think what our investment bankers would would tell you is that they are they are working harder than they've ever worked to try to get deals closed. So the right. deal flow is actually pretty good. Hmm. Getting them closed is is probably quite a bit harder. Um. Than it historically has been, but the deal flow is good. There are a lot of buyers out in the market, um, and there are a lot of <clears throat> companies on the big end of our market that are looking to, you know, execute their strategies via merger acquisition, or you know, primarily. So that that uh, that part of it is good, and and the market you know seems to be uh, reasonably healthy.
0: Okay. And could you um, give us some idea of the profile of your client portfolio and how they benefit from your consultancy services?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think to, I think if I were to try to sum it up into something succinct. Um, most of the most of the people we work with, most of the firms we work with are privately held. There are a few that are public, but that's relatively rare in this industry. So, really looking at privately held businesses that are, and they're very. Most of these businesses are very competitive. They're very difficult. And what we do is help them figure out how they're going to get in the right place at the right time. And then when they get there, we help them figure out how to, how to mitigate the risk profile and, and manage the results so that they are maximizing their, their earnings opportunity. And then ultimately, and, uh, help them if they ever decide to exit the business, we help them figure out, you know, a, an exit strategy. So I think if I were to sum it up, it's, it's getting in the right place at the right time, uh, Maximizing earning, earning stream, mitigating risk profile, creating long- term value that can be monetized at some point.
0: Okay. And um, would you like to um, tell us about any sort of recent um, challenges that, that any of your clients have had, and, and you know how you've managed to turn them around?
1: Sure. You know, I think there's some, some interesting examples out there in the market right now that the um, the stress on the, the industry, especially in the U.S., was pretty significant because in 2008, the industry basically took a dive down by about 35%. So, you know, the entire put-in-place construction volume in the United States dropped by that amount, and people just saw their volumes, you know, Sort of decimated in many cases. Mm-hmm. The, good, the good news is most of these companies had fair warning about this. I mean, they knew it was coming, so I think a lot of people, you know, got themselves uh, prepared for it. But you know, some of the some of the markets went down harder than others, and some are coming back faster than others, which is fairly typical. But what it's meant for a lot of companies is they've they've literally had to redefine who they are. What they are, and in some cases what what is the nature of the business that they're actually in really? and I could give you lots and lots of examples, but I think probably one of the most uh, interesting examples that that happens to be top of my head is we have a large electrical contractor whose business historically was to operate in one major city, and that's really what they did they were a they're fairly big electrical contractor, but everything they did was commercial commercially oriented in their city. You know, fast forward to what they are today, they do almost, you know, a minimum amount of their volume comes out of their city and most of their volume is is national. They're they're working all over the country and they're working really in transit electrical work as opposed to, you know, commercial buildings. So I mean, that's just just one case example and it's a fairly dramatic one, but I think they've been very very successful and you know what they did to uh not only preserve their business but grow it was was have to get into something new which is very painful in the early stages but they've done a great job with it and they've executed effectively and and it's serving very very well
0: oh that's great and um and how what, what do you see as the main trends in the construction industry at the moment
1: there are, there are an awful lot of them i think one of the uh the three big ones that have been going on for quite some time, and so they're not necessarily new trends, but they're things that have I think come to a boil in the United States and, and brought and they've fundamentally changed the structure of the market. And one of those things has been the consolidation, especially of the, the large end of the marketplace. And much of that's been driven by what we refer to uh, as the internationalist uh, type businesses. and these are these are global, um, companies, for the most part, many of them are from Europe. Uh, many of them are from places like Australia or Canada or, you know, uh, some cases, Asia. And certainly the Japanese have been here. The Chinese are here now. Uh, the Spanish are here, you know, and British and French, and I, I could go on. But the fact is, this has been happening here for the last 25 or 30 years. And over time, it's fundamentally impacted the structure of the marketplace, especially on the big end of the market. Second thing that's happened is there's been a sort of ebb and flow, but long-term convergence of design work with construction work. Um, you know, the design build movement, which has been going on for some quite some time, um, sort of the migration of engineering and construction together into various business models uh, has been very much a long-term trend uh, and a game-changer in many ways. And then I think the third trend has been sort of a, and this also kind of ebbs and flows with the market, but the, the sort of commodification, if you will, of a lot of services associated with all of this work, especially if it's just you know, sort of managing the overall process Um, or, in some cases, doing routine uh, design work, engineering kind of work that can be easily replicated. Um, There's certain things that have just had a a serious uh, commodity fee pressure on them, um, which also tends to have had effects on the on the marketplace and the players. So those those are three that are top of the head. They're they're sort of slow burn, if you will. Maybe on a more recent note, in the last five years, I think the big thing in the United States uh, in terms of our world is is the oil and gas energy phenomena right. um, that's shifting an awful lot of focus it's shifting an all awful lot of resource allocation, everything from labor to um, you know where companies are are looking to set up their operations and and uh, penetrate new markets much of that's going to be driven by by energy and and the oil and gas phenomena in the u.s so hmm. huge huge issue there's certainly lots of others but those are just some that i think are are top of the mind
0: okay thank you very much hank um how can aec professionals around the world get in touch with
1: you um very easily my uh, my direct dial is at our headquarters which is based in raleigh north carolina Right. um that that's 919-785-9228 uh, or email at hkaris at fminet.com and those are probably the easiest ways to track me down
0: okay that's great thank you very much hank harris my name is philip wiley interviewing on behalf of aec business